0: Hi, everyone. Now I just see you. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> mm. you. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. It's working good now. Yeah. So, hi, everyone. <laughs> Sorry about that technical difficulty. Amy will be back with us in a second. Um, we're having a very casual, casual day today. Our guest is uh, Nicole Merrill and her son, Lawrence, who you may hear in the background, (laughs) his uh, Zoom debut, (laughs) and um, Amy's back. So Nicole is an author, a podcaster, a speaker. Um, We love the opening line of her bio, which is four time and counting career changer, Nicole Merrill excels in professional reinvention. that's basically what she does is she helps people switch careers and adjust and she's got a book called uh punched out in the face how to upskill change careers and beat the robot which you'll hear more about (laughs) she's got a podcast called 50 conversations with career changers and maybe one of the coolest job descriptions that we've ever had uh, on our show which is she's a conversation designer and analyst at an artificial intelligence startup. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hearing about that. So please welcome to the show, everyone. Nicole Merrill. Hey, thank
1: you. Hi. Hi. It's Hi. So to have you here <laughs> for our very casual conversation. My son will likely make an appearance. Um, yes. And if you see me looking down. It's because I'm making another offering to him. You can <laughs> chill happy, halfway happy. So yeah. If I you notice the
2: sacrificial altar and it's pretty impressive. There's like <laughs>
1: yeah. I have play. just they're just lined up these these offerings, food and toys, you <laughs> in, in order of what he likes best. So that way if it really gets bad, I can drop the thing that's like, like the big things. winner. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he knows it too. He knows once this starts, it's a slippery slope because He's getting like, clever. She's holding out. She's holding out. All <laughs> <I
1: know>, right. <laughs> Pretty soon he's going to be
2: like, "No, give me the good
1: stuff." Uh-huh. So
2: <laughs> don't mess with me, mom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So whenever we talk to people, we like to ask them first, "What are you most passionate about?"
1: Oh wow, that's such a such a good question, and I I you know I always like. I think I would say, like, I am passionate about people. Like, I'm just super curious about people. I would say people have been really my guiding path throughout whatever I've done, whether it was, you know, I I first started studying like foreign languages because I wanted to meet people in other countries and really like speak a secret language with people. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, But it's really carried me throughout my career, um, especially with like communications and stuff like that. So I'm just a people person. I'm what I call an extreme extrovert. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I love people and I'm just really curious about them. So I would say that's that's my passion in general. That's
2: awesome. So what are the multiple careers that you've had so far?
1: Oh, yeah. So I have been a, so I've had over 30 jobs in my life, but uh, I'd say career-wise, I've been a study abroad uh, program advisor. I've been a travel writer slash digital marketer. So I was writing for a luxury travel company as a private jet travel writer. Mm-hmm. And then I did a complete 180 and ended up being a global career coach for Yale School of Management. Wow. Um, you'll notice the global same, but other apart from that, these are very distinct jobs in different industries wow. and different organizations. And then I transitioned into conversation design uh, for our, our artificially intelligent assistants. So think about Alexa and Siri, um, or oh, wow. chatbots you might interact with, like on Facebook, people design those conversations. And that's what I was doing. I was designing the interactions you have with language and then analyzing some of the data and seeing how users respond, how we should reshape the conversation based on those users. So yeah. So can, we, uh, can,
2: then, can we talk then about why Siri
1: has such an attitude with me? Oh man, <laughs> man that's something you not right? know.
2: Yes, I in some
1: ways I know I know why. Someone has to program that attitude, but you know, I'm in the middle of designing some Alexa skills at literally was doing that right before this oh, call. Wow. And I was like, I what am I supposed to say to people when when Alexa doesn't understand, right? Like it's 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 a lot of work to think of that cuz literally you could say anything. I could say, "Do right. you want to book a flight?" and you could be like, "I love this sandwich." <laughs> right? Like it doesn't make sense right, follow- why would you say that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it is a fascinating problem so interesting um, so Amy, yeah, yeah, other... i
0: think you have to tell nicole your uh siri yeah. story so
2: <laughs> you know i have the american woman siri voice on my iphone oh how fun and um i think i, I came to terms with the fact that it's just the way she pronounces the name amy <laughs> that every time she speaks back to me no matter what it is she gives me this you know I will do that Amy This like, <laughs> attitude and it really pisses me off and so I finally turned her off. but so we have this whole like, we had this very combative relationship yeah because I felt like she was very pointedly saying my name and then Nan, you have to tell the Mad Men story because I don't remember so we,
0: we we were going to an event one day we were uh filming a red carpet with the cast of madmen and oh. had Siri on to give us uh directions to where we were going and Amy Amy, and Siri were having this slightly combative uh, conversation the
2: whole way and we get to where we're going. And she does that thing where she's like, you've reached your destination and then, and you know, you have, <laughs> she has to keep kind of like bitching at you about stuff. Yeah.
0: Your destination is on the right. <laughs> I so, got it. Okay. I got it. <laughs> so Amy, Amy, uh, we can swear. Amy said, yeah. well, shut the fuck up, Siri, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know I'm here. Shut the fuck up. And
1: Siri Siri said
0: to her, "Thank you." Would have been a nicer response,
2: Amy. Oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: Interesting. And I think I turned
2: her off the next day.
1: I think I was like, "I'm done with you." No, I don't need that that in my life. Okay, Okay. (laughs) she's
2: very helpful, but yeah. Even our net, we told our you know at the time like ten year old nephew about it because he's a little you know tech wizard and uh and he didn't believe me and then he heard her talk to me and he was like, "Whoa." Well, yeah. see, that's like such you. an
1: interesting situation. I love hearing that because mm-hmm. as someone who's been on the other end, um, so I was working for a chat bot, not necessarily a Siri, but similar type of job. And we did have a problem with people um, uh, saying really inappropriate ears was fine, but like people would say some oh, inappropriate yeah. things. And- you know, not all inappropriate language is bad. Like it, it's not all inappropriate, but there were certainly some misogynist comments, um, some inappropriate uh, sexual innuendo, and yeah. thinking about how do you respond to these. And that's actually been in the news uh, in in our in that field about. How do you respond to how should Siri and Alexa respond to sexual harassment? So it's so like, how do they? How, what, uh, like, how, what did you before they up? didn't say anything, I think it started yeah. out where they were very passive about it, and now there's a movement to get them to actually say that's in, you know, that's um, what is it they're supposed to say, something along the lines of like, that's inappropriate, here's why. Wow. So, but it depends, like, who's thinking of those things, who's designing them, and yeah. yeah, I could go down a rabbit hole on it, but I've had these conversations inside organizations wow. about how do you anticipate those and then you know create a response because if you have people that for example when i first started there was no response to someone saying i'm pregnant well that's because oh. all men had designed the system and hadn't thought about a user saying i'm pregnant there we go again so you can <laughs> see where you could see where this kind of all fits together so that's why i'm in this field i'm, I'm just it's so complicated and yet interesting right like yeah. it's just um, it's a very cutting edge job and cutting edge technology but it's it's really interesting
2: well it's so fascinating in relation to what's going on in the world right now Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. you know it's like hbo just took gone with the wind off and Mm -hmm. they're not going to put it back on until they add a conversation that puts it in context about why it's you know offensive right Right. so it's interesting like you know i like that it's that's inappropriate, and here's why that's yeah right instead of
1: being passive about it being active about it and it's the same thing with you know racist comments and stuff like that you have to think about that and provide Mm -hmm. the right response to make sure that people understand Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's and that's going to differ by company right so I think that's where this gets really interesting and really where it's really important to make sure that you have people from different backgrounds designing new systems Uh, there's a huge push for it yeah. Are you finding more women and people of color and LGBTQ uh, people? Not in as mix? much as we should. No, yeah. not at all, not yeah. as much as we should. It's still very male dominated, uh, white yeah. male dominated. And um, I'm part of a really good community called Women in Voice, and they are working on elevated, getting more women into these design systems, but certainly we need more people of color um, in there. And honestly, different different age groups, different, um, mm-hmm. not just that, but like different life experiences, right? Yeah, right. Um, if we've all been in tech our whole lives then mm-hmm. that really doesn't help right designed for right. people who are living very different lives yeah so yeah yeah little yeah. we went down a rabbit hole on that one like, it I, think about so I get all fired up when
2: i think about siri i, 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 have, to, I have to attack because i want everybody to know it's not just you if you feel you have a combative relationship i
0: want to know if you have an alexa greatest hit like is there something i should ask her so that i mm. i know that you wrote it oh.
1: No, so, so the funny thing about Alexa is Alexa has her, ha, Alexa has their built-in skills that they design, but anybody can create a skill. So I'm mm-hmm. creating custom skills and okay. I'm doing one for um, careers. So a mm-hmm. skill where you can talk, you can complain to Alexa about the thing you hate about your job. Oh, uh-huh. that's interesting. In a judgment-free zone. So I've got that's that. Cool. And then that's I created cool. another one, just, I created a grumpy coworker. <laughs> oh, just I to see if that. I could do it. Just a really annoying coworker. Uh, if you, if you think about jobs you've had in the past, and you've mm-hmm. always got that one person who oh, yeah. like overshares about mm-hmm. their medical problems. They're grumpy. They <laughs> complain. They and if you don't know who that
2: reasons. is, it's you, right? <laughs> <Yes>, that old quote.
1: <laughs> so I just wanted to do it, just as like, could I create this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my first piece of feedback from someone I just got the feedback yesterday was he is so annoying. I don't think I'll ever use this skill again. Um, So I was like, well, I mean, I, I did it, (laughs) but I don't know if that's what I want. Like what kind
2: of things does he say?
1: Oh, he'll say things like he'll gossip about so-and-so opening their door too much and it's bothering him. (laughs) He'll tell you about a coworker, two coworkers they think are sleeping together based on, he saw the one, buy a coffee for the other one he'll ask you if you'd like a recipe for frog-eyed salad he'll tell you he's not on Instagram but he loves LinkedIn I mean
2: things he really just don't
1: care about does he have a name uh yeah his name is Larry (laughs) which isn't actually a joke it's an inside joke I'll just tell you because my son's name is Lawrence. You and... were cray- you were really annoyed with your son the day. You know? <laughs> no, guess what happened? Yeah, you could you could draw that col- conclusion. I, me, and my partner did not know that <laughs> the nickname for Lawrence is Larry. <laughs> so, he, so after he was born, everyone's all Larry, huh? And we're like, no, no, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now it's thing. a joke he's baby larry And <laughs> i was like i need a name larry just seemed like, mm, like <laughs> sure why not <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so yeah it's just a way so to kind
1: of, of do something different, and be creative yeah. and try out my skills um i'm mm-hmm. i was laid off so i've got some time to practice
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. well speaking yeah. of being laid off i mean yeah. once the coronavirus flared up You kind of shifted your the theme of your podcast and your mission so talk about that and where you where you've ended up
1: yeah so i was running a podcast for career changers and very simple premise um interview 50 people about their career changes right because when we talk when you interview people there's as you know their stories come out and i love their stories and I'm no longer a career coach, but when I used to be, I used to love hearing that. And I was like, wow, if everybody could hear these, they would, they would see what it's like to actually make these career changes because so many people don't have a path, right? It's, it's really hard to figure out how to change careers. They don't teach you. And so I wrote the book to teach people that, but also bring, those, bring that experience to life. And then, so the theme was like, oh, look at these people, they made big changes. Leave your mediocre job, get out there, take over the system and free yourself, right? That was kind of the vibe. <laughs> and then coronavirus hit and like mass layoffs are happening at an unprecedented scale and then I got laid off and so it was like oh shit what am I how do I do a podcast about big career changes in the future of work in this new environment and even as myself as someone who'd just been laid off it's like do I talk about that because part of my identity is kind of that that working at the cutting edge in tech and stuff like that. And when you get laid off, even including me, <laughs> right. you start to question your own identity and professional identity. And there's questions of, well, do I continue doing this? Or do I go back to the safe thing, right? That I know I can do, but it doesn't excite me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to sit with that for a while and just also think about tone because it seems weird to talk, do a podcast about exciting career changes when people are losing their jobs in mass. In unprecedented numbers. Right. Yeah. And yet, so, it's also
2: good that that's the place you're coming from originally because a lot of people are gonna have to make careers. Yes, changes. right. So you yeah. have a lot of knowledge already about, you know, forced or not forced, how do people actually yep. take this moment and turn it into a new opportunity? Right. I think right. is what makes your, your site and your work really interesting.
1: Yeah. That was, that was certainly one of the things I was thinking about. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just do an episode on how to make a career change after a layoff. And in fact, right before I got laid off the podcast, that was the newest episode at that time was someone I had interviewed about, she'd been through three layoffs and it was such, and this is before COVID. So this was like, I interviewed her. Cause I was like, we need to talk about layoffs more. There should be no shame around them. And she has this great story about how she got laid off and how she bet she like made it work for her and made more job security in the future Mm -hmm. and it was such a great story and then i got laid off and i was like oh man this is my podcast feels so weird right now like so i did a story about my own layoff and said this is where we're at and addressed it because i am open with listeners there's no shame and there should be no shame this is completely out of your control right yep and then it was like well i could dive into how to do a career change but it seems like there's all this other stuff in there that we gotta talk about before we can actually get to the career change part. And keep in mind, I was doing an interview podcast. I was not doing a solo podcast. So it was, so I was like, what do I do? And so I just started putting out these very solo episodes of like, okay, here's three steps you can take right after a layoff. Here's um, three automated tools to get your resume better because technology has changed for a lot of people and you may not know about new technology to help you write a resume. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford a resume review or career coach, and then um, ways to network during COVID, so it's less awkward mm-hmm. because we're not standing around anymore in weird groups with weird food, trying to be like, "Hey, hi, hi,"
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> Tiny little forks How that do don't eat really really like actually?
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is kind of better, you know? Like. No. We're seeing so many events online now, webinars Mm -hmm. and conferences and summits and hangouts. You can just pop right in and get yourself known. And you could be an introvert from your own house, just like, (laughs) no pants. It is an introvert's dream, I have to say. It (laughs) is. I'm an
0: introvert. Introvert's dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my house in months, and I'm as happy as can be. <laughs> yeah,
2: we were we were reticent to do Facebook Live or Instagram Live for a year. We kept going like, we really have to do it. And like a week after the shut in, we were like, all right, next Tuesday we're going live.
1: Oh, so that's how it happened. Oh, yeah. right.
2: You know, so you just have to, you know, and 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 we're you know, spoiler alert, we're going to do a summit in a, in a few months that i was really terrified of doing in person and now i'm like gung-ho because we're just going to be like this
1: with who knows how many people watching i love your
2: about it (laughs) i
1: love hearing this i love hearing this shout out to the introverts man yeah Uh, yeah yeah, I mean, we are the exact opposite of how you describe yourself. We're yeah, like, well, uh, I know. People. <laughs> I teach. I teach um, soft skills, so I teach networking mm-hmm. and I teach um, conversation skills. And a lot of times, we were like, "Yeah, Nicole, whatever, you're the extrovert up there." And I'm like, "Well, well, hear me out, because extroverts kind of fail when it comes to good conversation. They're mm-hmm. they're too much of a talker and not a listener, right? Interesting. Introverts tend to be the better listeners, and if you think about quality conversations." What, what are the things that, that resonate? It's the people who listen, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you can have that dialogue back and forth, that's a quality conversation. Right. But if you get someone who's just like, blah, 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 <laughs> which I've been guilty of. Sure. <laughs> right.
2: We, we, did you say that we've never met Nicole before? No, I didn't say that. This
1: is our first time meeting Nicole. This is our first already
2: time. One of my favorite people. So
1: yeah. I, I mean, you guys are good conversationalists too. Like you can tell that you're at ease with your guests. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: We're lucky because we have each other so that mm-hmm. if, if it were only one of us, we'd be like, ah, so what <laughs> do you
1: do? So, so- two. So the, the the success is two introverts together. Oh That's right, totally. yeah, you balance okay. each other out, you
0: give each other a break, like, oh, it's her turn to ask a question, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or like, <laughs> like, if my brain just freezes, I know Nancy will jump in and cover me. And this is the greatest trick that we, when, when physical networking uh-huh. exists or existed, Nancy and I go to events together and, and we have a goal. Like we have to talk to at least two or three people like, and okay. then we can, and then we can leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a big deal for us. Um, you know, we do that kind of by standing, getting food and standing at a table or going to a table where there's maybe a person who's by themselves and then kind of trying to ease into the conversation. This but, is outstanding. Yeah. But the majority <laughs> of what we do is we stand facing each other. And we say things like, I don't have anything to say to you. (laughs) I want to look like we need to look like we're talking. And so, and then one of us will laugh, and then we look like we're having a great time, but we're literally talking about how we have nothing to talk about, and how much we hate being there, and how much we want to go. And but it looks like we don't look like you know shy, scared people standing in a corner Ugh. clutching a glass of wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're so on point with your strategy. I, I'm glad you said that because that's very similar to what I tell people too. Because like. <laughs> You don't have to go talk to the whole room. Don't worry. The extroverts will do that. Um, (laughs) Right. But like just saying like, look, I'm going to commit to these people. And when I'm done, I'm done. Right. Like, and I did my part. And, you know, and now that, and now that we do that,
0: we often find that once we've accomplished that goal, we've eased into being there and having a good time. And we stay.
1: Yeah. 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 I always think it's useful to have for, I've, I've said this for both extroverts and introverts, but having an exit sentence. Right, I and mean, being comfortable yes. deploying it, right? Yes, because, because that's what freaks me trapped. out the most. Yeah, yeah, and just being comfortable with the, you know what? I gotta run, but it was really great to talk to you. Could we co- connect on LinkedIn? And now you've already oh. like you're like it's ninja. You're like I'm ending the conversation, redirecting, <laughs> and then I'm out.
2: <laughs> I love that. You know? our sister, our sister Lisa, is watching, and she said that she reminded us that our mother always used to tell us to ask people questions. Yeah, because people love to talk about themselves. And we actually have, we haven't done it yet, but we've written up kind of an outline for a class or seminar that's about how our skills as interviewers have helped us step out of being introverts. Yes,
1: yes. Because it
2: is about, people do love to talk about themselves. And if we can just ask those questions and get them talking, then we
1: can sit back and we don't have to. This is the secret. This right there, you are absolutely right. This is the secret to networking. It's that ability into the conversation. And then you take charge by asking a question, mm-hmm. right? It's not that you have to always add and, and start. It's drawing that out. It's funny you say that about the interview skills. Cause for me, what I've learned, and actually I had to learn this as a career coach. I, I tell this story a lot, but I had to learn how to be an active listener. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so silly, but honestly, like I'm an extrovert, right? Mm-hmm. And, and extroverts aren't that great at listening. And so being a coach, you have to listen, literally listen to people and not just be like, I've got the advice for you. Right. Um, so I learned that. And then in interviewing as well, I have learned to listen. Otherwise you miss an opportunity to follow up. Yeah. Yeah. those good nuggets. Yeah. Yep to draw out and so for me that's what I got out of interviewing was really really working on my um, active listening skills I
2: love that yeah the woman who Karen Herman who was our mentor when it comes to interviewing um, she we we started doing a lot of archival interviews so Mm -hmm. the whole point of that is to not like you know we listen to podcasts all the time where people are very chatty and that's one style and it's great but we've been trained, you ask a question and you don't laugh, you don't. So you like, you have to pretend you're laughing and oh. so that you're not on the, you know, when we pull clips of it, we are not interrupting someone. But Karen also taught us the, because the, we, we're introverts, but we're also um, Nancy's nickname. If you don't mind me saying, is Miss Whiteout. We're we're <laughs> sentence finishers and we're correctors. So that's a skill that we had. Those are skills we you know <laughs> skills that we had to overcome. So Karen really taught us to like leave the space after someone finishes answering because a lot of times a you'll think they're done and they're not, but also b you'll someone will be saying something and they think they're done. And if you let them think about it for like another beat, they'll keep telling you a story that they didn't intend to tell or they didn't realize they wanted to tell that can be really intense or interesting or something they've never said before. So like yeah. leaving that space is so, such an interesting interview skill. that's really hard to learn because your instinct is like, oh, there's dead air. I gotta jump in. Yes.
1: Yeah, fill the space. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a very classic American thing too. When I used to do cross-cultural, I have a background in cross-cultural communication and filling the space is a very American trait. Mm-hmm. We don't like silence. And so we jump the minute there's silence. And when I teach public speaking, I talk about that too, right? Cause everyone's scared during public speaking. What if they don't have anything to say? And it's like, okay, take a minute in that silence. Yes, 500 people are looking at you, but all yeah. <laughs> right easier said than done, I recognize, but (laughs) I think you're right. And and I'm going to take that back too. just remind myself I'm I'm moving back in the podcast to interviewing people.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and I did an interview the other day and I I felt a little rusty on it. Like I was, I was a little, hadn't done it in like, I don't know, six months or so, or maybe less than that, but it was rusty. And so that space thing is useful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a real rhythm to it. Once we used to do a lot of the archive interviews and we were really like in this great rhythm, and we were, I think, you know, not to toot our own horns, but we were getting really good at it, yeah. and now we don't do as many of them, and when I do them now, I'm like, oh, should I, yeah. am I supposed to be talking, am I supposed to be, <laughs> you know, so it's, it is, like, you have to, it's like any other skill, you know, yeah. training, yeah. you have to yeah, kind practice of get, it. yeah. get right? it's interesting, I've been watching um, Seth Meyers a lot lately, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're all doing their shows from home, and his monologue is exhausting because he doesn't have the audience to break ah, up yeah, his yeah, rhythm. Yeah. So he like tells a joke and he's like, he's like this whole monologue is like this and he tells the whole thing and he never stops it's like, it's like, there's no <laughs> break. There's no moment where you can go like, I, okay, I got that joke, I'm gonna laugh for a second. Yeah. Tell me another joke. And so yeah. it's really, it, you know, having that other person to bounce off of whether it's the audience or the interviewee or something is really, it's an interesting thing that we had never known before we started doing these interviews. Like it never would have occurred to us, you
1: know. Yeah, it's a real this. These I was talking to somebody else about podcasts and you know how much of a skill set that is. I'm a content creator. I've been creating content for ten years, pretty prolifically. Mm-hmm. And podcasting is just a different tool for doing it. But then you learn, you know, I, I'm learning editing. Right before I didn't use to edit my podcast, but as a solo person. I have to edit.
2: <laughs> yeah. I learned that
1: very quickly. You know, and then and then the marketing around it. I have a background in marketing, but marketing my own podcast is a little bit different, you know? And now that I'm working on skills, it's still content, yep. but I'm I'm combining it again with another piece of tech, right? Because podcast is also tech. So it's just interesting to see like how your skills break down and where you're building new ones. I, mm-hmm. I think I said it before, I'm just super interested in skill sets and how we build skills and how much people don't look at their work through the lens of skills. Right. So we were really taught to look at it through the lens of experience. Well, I have 10 years experience doing this, or I have five years experience writing, right? But within that writing, like there are these skills. That, that are really necessary and and we should we should think more about them because the more we think about skills the better we can then be like oh maybe I can do this thing here right right apply to something else and
2: frankly like I never want to have a job or a career where I'm not learning a new skill like oh, my yeah. very first boss um I worked on the tv show Matlock and my like one of the first things he taught me was if I learned something new every day then it was a good day no matter yeah. how small it is. And I've always carried that with me. It's yeah. like, if I ever get to a point where I'm like,
1: not learning something new, I got to move on to something else. Um, I, I honestly, I think that's the best way to go about your career. I, I think, you know, there are a lot of people that are stuck and we hear that a lot. And part of that some sometimes it's stuck, it's financial, it's boredom. But a lot of that is that, that lack of learning, the lack of opportunity to challenge yourself. And I, you know, when I wrote my book, I thought about my colleagues and my peers around me. I am 40 years old. Mm -hmm. I am, I've changed careers a lot, but my peers have not. A lot of them have been out of college over 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, what what you were seeing is people being burnt out and just bored, but not knowing how to change. And part of that is because no one teaches you, but the other part is that like, we're not (whistles) emphasizing, we're not (laughs) emphasizing. (laughs) skills right you're, yeah. you're in an organization that's not teaching you I and mean, quite honestly companies haven't done a good job of investing in their co or in their in their workers right. and we've seen a decline in training and professional development and much more of short-term employment right so mm-hmm. not a lot of employee employee loyalty we talk about employer loyalty we should be loyal yeah but companies aren't loyal to us right right
2: and so employees that, yeah. are are worried about their positions right so they don't necessarily want to show other people their skills
1: because yeah. they don't
2: want someone to learn what they're doing and mm-hmm. be able to do it yeah, they want so it to look valuable
1: can... yeah 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 it's 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 all that tied together and one of the things that i advocate for inside of organizations is creating these learning ecosystems so so people actually have the opportunity not just to take a class online valuable definitely valuable but to actually apply those skills going back to kind of what you were saying about you have to apply the skills, right? You have to practice them, (laughs) you know, you can't learn to write from a webinar. Right, right. You know, um, you may learn how to excel, but you can't learn it until you're actually using it in the everyday context. That's why I may be laid off right now and know how to do conversation design, but I'm still experimenting with it in order to make myself A, keep the skills active and B, make myself Mm -hmm. attractive to future employers. Right. Right, right, yeah. I have a so lot, of, lot of feelings on skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're right. You're right.
0: Yeah. It's really important. So you you're said you're shifting back to interviews on the podcast. So yeah. are you going back to what you were doing before or has it, or has it morphed into Still something changing. else? It's
1: changing. Yeah, it has morphed. A couple of different things. One, I've gone through kind of this layoff series. And because it freed myself from kind of the original point of it, like it feels like I have a little more freedom now. And that feels weird because I was really stuck on this idea. 50 conversations and that's it. But what I'm learning from Bulls, feedback from listeners and the data that I'm getting and just kind of where we are with the job market is that I I need to do a little bit. uh, I need to diversify some of the content a little bit. And so what I'm actually going to be doing is focusing on that uh, upskilling piece and really introducing another offering. Really interesting. <laughs> where are we on the scale of good I, to um, I offered him his favorite second favorite toy that worked for a long time i just we okay. offered some food and he just yeah. threw it oh oh no, back to oh, no. so that's oh, okay yes. that wasn't the first favorite food that's not his main meal so okay we'll see. we're not <laughs> through <laughs> all of them yet
2: right. right. Um uh, and i've
1: yet to pick him up because at some point i'll have to pick him up and he'll be like <laughs> you know guest appearance but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So far, we're doing good though. I will say. I'm blown away. I'm yeah. um, but back you, to girl. the content, it's <laughs> it's focused on upskilling. What is it, right? And then yeah. how do you do it? How do you go from someone who's like, yeah, you're right. I do need to learn some new skills. It's been a while. What should I do? And that's something I walk through in the book, but I want to bring that to life. And I want to do it through interviews with people that either have done it or work for a company that helps you do it or I mean, I've been meeting all the people in this space and having some good independent conversations and I want to bring them on to give them perspective. Yeah. And I think um, that's going to that's gonna kind of change the dynamic on the podcast in a way. We're going, we're still related to career changes, but really diving into the how. But then I get yeah. to go back to my favorite, which is interviewing, which I think for listeners is, oh, I want to hope for listeners. I enjoy interview podcasts, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. I hope it's enjoyable for the listeners. We'll
2: see. i oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why did you pick 50 for the original podcast? Why was that your,
1: your magic number? Um, because in the book, I have an exercise called 50 Conversations. And when you, so when you think about uh, career changes, there's really three stages. There's the exploratory, the, the skill building stage where it's like, I've decided what I want to do, but I need to learn these skills to do it. And then there's the actual job search, making that transition, right? The practical part. So in the exploratory side, there's a lot, depending on where you're at. that you can do to figure out what you want. A lot of people get stuck on, well, I don't know what I want to do. Well, that's normal. I hear that all the time. So let's commit to figuring that out. And that can take some time, but the exploratory process can be actually a lot of fun. All right. And really interesting. And what I have in the book are are a variety of exercises you can try, but one of them is 50 conversations. And it's literally where I assign you the the homework of having 50 conversations with people about their jobs. And... Yeah. Very extroverted approach, but I, um, you know, this is not uncommon in job searches. We talk about informational interviews. This is informational interviewing light. This is simply, did you meet someone today that you didn't know? And you ask, you know, well, what do you do? And they said, I'm a conversation designer. And you just went, okay. Okay. That's a missed opportunity to say, Oh, I've never heard about that. Tell me more. Right. Real powerful statement. And then follow it up with, how did you get into that? And that's where the magic starts to happen because people often aren't asked that. They love to talk about themselves, right? Right, yeah. And you're gonna get these insights that you're not gonna get from a personality quiz, that you're not gonna get from just reading job descriptions, which I also assign you to do reading job descriptions so you know what's out there. Yeah. But so that's really the goal and uh, 50 is a lot, but that's the point. You're not gonna figure it out in three You're gonna get better at it at 10 you're gonna be on a roll by the time you get to 25 and by 50 you're gonna be like hey i've got a network i've built my conversational skills and i'm gonna see some themes emerge if you learn that someone does budget for the city and you're like i would never want to do city budgeting (laughs) you have now learned that's not a pass for you right and that's Mm -hmm. valuable yep so that's how the that's how the um the podcast was named and so I'm deviating from it, but it's my podcast.
2: Yeah, your prize. As long as I take
1: listeners on a journey with me, I think they'll be. I think they'll be happy with it. I just think it's
2: great that you you switched the focus of it so quickly. And, yeah. and I mean, the information, like just even the titles of episodes that you've had during this time about, like, you know, use people skills to build an adventurous career in tech, and don't get too comfortable. How to make a change and. You've really like a lot of them are, we, like you said, we're about layoffs and five low key ways to make networking. looks awkward. It, it's, it's all just so helpful. And there's so many people that need that information right now. And it, it, the world is so overwhelming. Yes. You know, we're very fortunate at the moment We're we're among the fortunate that, you know, our biggest client, we knock wood, we've still been going with them every month. We're like, oh. um, yes. but you know, I can't imagine the stress of getting laid off in the midst of all of this, and I know so many people have. Um, So to have a a resource that people can go to and as one of our um, one of our people in our chat said, you're very engaging and 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 you can tell that you're passionate about it, but you're also really excited to help people and that energy you know listening to your podcast that energy really comes through i like your solo podcast too because well thanks you know (laughs) you're giving so much free information and you know everybody needs it right now so what you're doing is really important
1: i appreciate that i certainly as a creator who's like I don't know. I don't have an editor. Right. I wrote a book. I had editors and it was amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: But as a podcast, I don't have an editor. I don't have a co-host. So it's always like, hope this goes out well, you know, (laughs) emails from people. And that's great. I love when that happens. And generally it's all been positive. So that's, that's wonderful. But it is hard sometimes as a creator to be like, you know, I can read my data and see like, all right, that episode was on fire, right? Maybe right. not as much that one. And so that helps. Um, yeah. But it is an interesting experience to kind of switch it up and, and try something new, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know, you're right, I, I do want to help people. I, I, this is hard for me, but it's all, I know it, I'm an expert and it's hard mm-hmm. for me. Right. And we don't teach people what to do after a layoff. We just don't. It's like this taboo thing as if it was somehow people's fault. And it's not our fault that we got laid off. Yeah. right
0: can I you give them what? can you give people three tips for dealing with their layoff
1: yeah after they've been laid off one i would say um first off don't react immediately you know take it in right um treat yourself if you're an yeah. external processor go find the person that makes you feel good and that you can talk to i know Ooh. not everyone's external processing but but certainly make that the case um and take some time for yourself as m- much as you can some people you may have to get to work right away okay but like if you don't sit with it because it it does suck like i i say don't feel ashamed push the shame away but do feel that feeling because it is stressful and then yeah. start naming the things that you're stressed about this is you can do this even if you haven't been laid off but like what is it your biggest concern i think is really got that sorted i know there is unfortunately a lot of people who have been laid off who lost their health benefits right. i am yeah. Fortunate and privileged that I, my partner, I'm married and I, I am on their benefits. Mm-hmm. So it makes it easier and less stressful. If you are not, get to work on that and solve that immediately. Figure out, there are so many resources out there right now through so your state. There are people that will walk you through the process of finding benefits and get that information rather than thinking, oh my God, how do I do this? Like get it. So I would say just take care of those immediate needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, start to do the work and figure out what does your past look like? Are you going to uh, do, do you need a job right now to pay bills? No problem, go get that job. You can figure out the rest later. But if you need immediate work to get that, those bills paid, go get that job as soon as possible. And that could be everything from doing, you know, the Instacart to doing gig work um, to cashier. These are not glamorous jobs, but they pay and they're in demand right, right now. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's yeah. no shame in that. Right. Like no, you've right. got, I have taken all kinds of jobs because I needed to pay bills. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, do that um, for those that work in offices, temporary staffing. I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Someone else is looking for you. I give a shout out to that. Yeah. Um, if you are in a position where you have time, I would say then start the process of thinking, okay, what does it look like going forward? Is it, are you gonna get the same job or is this the chance where you're like, you know what, it's time to get another job. If that's the case, start researching the industries that are hiring. Right. Because if you worked in hospitality, chances are there's going to be fewer jobs, mm-hmm. right? So it's really um, a very reflective period and a very research heavy period. I think there's a tendency to just be like, okay, uh, job search, apply, 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 right? Right. That sometimes works, but Mm -hmm. if you take the time, if you have the time to reflect and then do that research, you're going to be a lot better off long-term in your job search instead of just kind of spinning your wheels. Yeah. So a lot packed in there, but I do break this all down in those those episodes. I go through a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. across them to kind of help people. And the next episode that's coming out, it'll be the last one in the layoff series is how to make a career change after a layoff. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. And what's your, what's your number one tip for that? Oh gosh, my number one tip (laughs) its I'm all, (laughs) "Hmm." if you can boil it down, (laughs) I know you can't boil the whole thing down, but is there something that like
2: it's scary you know it's scary even in the best of circumstances it's scary to make a career
1: change but Mm -hmm. like yeah you know how do you get people to feel more comfortable one uh number one tip is always hard but here's what i'll tell you embrace the ambiguity Mm -hmm. i think what happens what i see constantly even from my friends is what will happen is like i need to make a change and immediately the people around you be like well what do you want to do what you, what's it going to be? What what is it? And you're like, oh God, I, I, I don't know. I just I know I got to change. I'm burnt out, right? And so so there's that external pressure, and then there's your own your internal pressure where you're sitting there going, I don't know, I don't know. And then you feel like a failure because you can't figure it out. But the fact is, you haven't even started, right? Right? This is a process, the exploratory process. For some people, it could be a month. For other people, it could have you may have decided two years ago you wanted to be something, and you just never did it, right? Brothers, right. it might take six months. I mean, you've got to get clarity on that. And I think what we need to talk more about is that being comfortable in the gray space and being able to say, I don't know what I'm, do- what I'm going to be, but I'm working on figuring it out, right? And there's how you claim that space, right? You're telling people like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to figure it out, right? You may be crazy in your head being like, I have no idea I'm going to figure it out, but it gives you space. Yeah. And I think when we start from a period of claiming that space, uh you've then given yourself permission to figure it out right because it's not going to be most people it's not going to be clear right away especially if you've just been laid off right yeah if you think that this is your path and all of a sudden
2: the you know pandemic changes your situation so drastically Yeah. yeah you know we interviewed a career coach her name is Lindsay gordon she's great and she she had the kind of you know this was pre-pandemic but yeah. i think it's the other end of the spectrum that i found really interesting was she coaches a lot of people who think they want to have a career change and and part of what she does is it kind of sit down with them and say like you know what do you and don't you like and a lot of people come to the realization that they actually do want to keep doing what they're doing mm-hmm. even if they even if it's not their passion even if it's not their dream job because it satisfies certain needs it yes. pays the bill or it allows them to have the time with their family that they want, whatever it is. And and so she likes to get people comfortable too with the idea of like, if you don't have to make a major life change right now, you can say like, you know what, I was doing waitressing and I love waitressing and I'm going to keep looking for jobs in waitressing and, you know, or I want to be an accountant and and okay, so stick on that path. And and I think, I I feel like there's a lot of pressure right now for people too to be like, well, you got laid off and now's your time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> make, that you move. make that big move. And yep. you don't have to do that right now. You can nope. get settled and you can make your move later if you want. But like, if if you're, you know, the thing that makes you feel good right now is just kind of get that consistency back then yeah. go for it. You
1: yeah. know, I couldn't agree more on, yeah. on this topic because I talk about the kind of the just good enough jobs and the boring jobs, right? Here's what a boring job allows you to do. have no stress, right? A boring right. job <laughs> with no stress. You can go home, have a side hobby. You know, you could indulge in other things without carrying that home with you. Like mm-hmm. there are benefits. You could um maybe I know there's like a lot of pressure for everyone to start their own business. And honestly, yeah. it's not for everybody, right? Yeah. That hustle is rough. As someone who's just been doing it for three years, like yeah. the contracting, have my own business. It's a lot. And I've had to make a decision do I go back to full-time work? Or do I keep pushing through? And it's a real hard decision to make. And when you're calling your own shots. And
2: yeah. it's
1: funny, I keep thinking about all the people that are pushing people to go start your own thing. And I think I think being able to have kind of a job where you don't have to think too much and then go home and then run your own side business is so beneficial. So yeah. that way you get kind of like, you get the ground running and figure out if you like it, right? Yeah, That's where having kind of those jobs really helps. And then honestly, like, I'm an advocate for focusing on curiosity over passion. Like I know we're talking about passion on the show, but like, no, like curiosity can be such a powerful driver in your career. Mm-hmm. I advocate in this book. We've been taught to find our passion, but what happens is you may not find your passion right away. Or right. like me, I love laying in hammocks and playing pinball. <laughs> Those are my passions. Can you I get pinball? That (laughs) cannot get paid for it. I have tried. (laughs) I haven't tried, but I would try if I could, right? And so it's like, even as a language major, I love language. And I was like, well, how do I make this into something? And I've slowly sort of kind of done it throughout my career. But, you know, people get real caught up on having to find that one passion. But the fact is, not all jobs align with passion and that's okay. So figure out what you can find passion in, in your job, Right figure out um, what brings you passion outside your job. And then if you want a a driver, look at curiosity. What what are you just interested in, right? Right. Like, can you do a job for two to five years and it'll keep your curiosity? That's where I'm at. I mean, I thought my dream job was going to be study abroad advisor. I was like, this is my dream job. And I was in there and I loved my coworkers and my boss. I had such a good setup. But that job, I got real bored, not gonna lie. I got real bored and I was like, well, what? now everything <laughs> was supposed to be this job uh-huh. yeah. and that's true dream jobs they they go away and our passions change as we get older right yeah. you know? that's definitely totally relate to that yeah. yeah um we keep getting asked what's the name of the book <laughs> uh it's called punched out in the face how to upskill change careers and beat the robots so you can uh, send, you can, it's available on my website. You can just go to punchdoubt.com um, to find it. It's on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. Oh. I'm dropping that link right now. Excellent.
2: Yeah. As, they, as the kids say. As um, the kids say, that's <laughs> a good lingo. we dropping that link.
0: <laughs> I like it. I well, heard somebody I'm, say
2: that on a webinar the other day. Like, I'm dropping that link. <laughs>
1: cool. I'll pick it up. I've been using slide into my DMs. <laughs> oh, I love that. that's a one
2: Um, So, are the robots going to take our jobs?
1: Oh, I get that question a lot, Uh, Uh, not surprisingly. Um, You know, it's complicated. So the the challenge around that question is that it's kind of this binary that does nobody any favors, right? It's like maybe in a hundred years, but like, let's talk about the next five years. Robots will not take your jobs most likely. But what's going to happen is that, um, and, and I should say also, and I talk about this in the book a lot, but it's not necessarily robots, it's software. Mm-hmm. It's software that you can't see another offering. <laughs> oh, what is this fun. Are we software. at the cherries yet? This is a sandwich. Oh, Ooh, that looks good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know one year olds ate sandwiches. No, this one does. Wow. I didn't know that either till I yeah. had a baby. <laughs> I had no idea. I
2: thought they were on... You know applesauce Yeah, he's got, 10 years yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good i too saw some really funny things before i had a kid um, so going back to it yes um it's going to be software that takes your job and it may not take your job it may just change your job right mm-hmm. so automation software right instead of sending an email every week a platform sends an email that you've scheduled right, right? but that used to be somebody's job and so that's kind of one of those things that like, if you think about that applied to literally every single function in the organization, what we're going to see is that the nature of jobs change. We may see fewer of those jobs. We may see, um, you know, if you don't have the technical skills to work with these platforms or understand how they work, you may not be as in demand mm-hmm. in the workplace. And you may, you know, I, I've certainly met the people who like, ooh, technology. I don't want to even think about it. Well. That's not going to do you any favors because it's already here. And so you can reject the technology, but also be curious about it, right? right? And I think that's important to, to note because the tech is already here. So learn about it, right? right. Uh, robots aren't going to take your jobs, but they're certainly going to change them. And if it hasn't happened yet, it'll happen in the next couple of years. Yeah. To give you a really concrete example, the chatbot I worked on was an interview chatbot. It interviewed people for jobs. Oh, wow which is mind-blowing when I first right. found out it existed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I got into it. And as a, as a career coach and having been a recruiter in the past, like I was like, what? What is this thing? And that changes the dynamic with recruiters then. It frees them up to have far more interviews and people, but it's going to change the workflow. It's going to change what they do in their job. And it may, may, we don't know, because p- companies aren't going to publicize this, reduce the amount of jobs available for recruiters. Right, um, so interesting. Yeah, it's, um, so that's what I want people to focus on is what is the software inside your organization? Um, it's often called automation software. What is the software that's doing jobs that humans have done in the past? So these are easily repeatable tasks. Um, They're often powered by data and so on. So if you know your engineering team or if you know anyone in IT, go talk to them and see, ask them about automation software. Interesting. interesting. Wow. All
2: right. I feel like Lawrence has been like so patient. I know he has. He's- Lawrence has been could. patient. I feel like we could. We could- <gasps> oh, oh, hi. Hi. oh my goodness. <laughs> hi, Lawrence. Hi. Oh, you're adorable. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much. So There's the guy so that's cool been on. just
0: cuttering
1: around. You've oh, been such here. a good boy thank you
0: <laughs> love you already Lawrence. i know he has got quite the
1: personality <laughs> oh so cute one She's other
0: comment i just wanted to read is that our sister lisa said, i want to be nicole's friend
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, Dang. and we agree we want to be your friend too so you're not well, getting rid of us stay now. in
1: touch yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's it's so much fun to talk just like casual conversations and, yeah. and see where they go you guys are great hosts so oh, thank Thanks. you it was fun we really that was really it. fun
2: Yeah. We'll definitely be in touch. We have some, some things we want to talk to you about. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to chat and you know, now I'm going to go give all my attention to this kid. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Please do. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your 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 time. time. Thank you. 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 Bye Bye, everyone. We'll
0: see you soon.